to Social Eclectic. I'm your host, Diana Collins, and I want to welcome you. If you this is your first time coming in and listening, thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoy what you hear, and if you do, that you share it with someone that may need to hear it. And if you are returning, I want to say thank you for coming back, and thank you for being a supporter and supporting me as we go on this journey. And I hope that something that um, we discuss on any of the episodes resonates with you or with someone that you can share the information with. So, uh, yeah. So today we're going to speak with Apostle Yvonne Harrison. And we're going to see, talk to her about her journey with being in the LGBTQ life and her spiritual walk with God and how she became her authentic self as a member of the church and women of the church. So we'll begin. Yeah, so we're just going to first talk a little bit about you and how you started on your journey because I know you're an apostle you're in the church you're in the LGBTQ community and you know all these pieces that go together um and sometimes people will see it as they don't go together right Mm. so um how I just want to talk about you how you navigate through that how you've come to this point where you've now started um women can preach the women can preach movement and things like that so yeah so i mean there's a a lot of pieces to you that i was checking out there (laughs) (laughs) wonderful um so yeah so um you were referred to me from a dear friend of mine and um i i consider them to be a family member uh Chris Willard. So um, I was very blessed to learn about the Women Can Preach movement and, um, you know, stepping in and into that, that you, that yes, that authentic self of you. So, yeah. Oh, wow. I'm honored. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. So go ahead. Where, about you. Start there. How about that? Oh, okay. So I um, literally uh, have, I think it's important for me to start uh, from the beginning of what I believe my ministry was birthed from or out of, shall I say. I um, ran track and field professionally and for 13 years, um, in fact, also included one Olympic Games. And so Mm -hmm. as a professional athlete, Mm -hmm. running from country to country, it was imperative for me to be a witness and to be a person that represented Jesus Christ in more ways than what I call one in terms of the area of the gift that God had given me to run track and field. So while I was competing in numerous events in the United States and going across, you know, the seas, what we call Europe, um, to compete professionally, I was able to hone in or tap into the gift that God had given me and my desire to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the very beginning of my ministry started with a ministry called Call to Compete Ministries. Mm -hmm. And it was very basic. There was no 
you know, theological framework for it. There was no mission statement. There was no vision, no vision <laughs> um, that was explicated. It was just, you know, me realizing that I had an inner sense and a, and a deep desire, again, to share the gospel wherever uh, God took me. And so called to compete. So I felt like God, you know, chose me to compete um, in the arena of track and field, but at the same time called me to win souls for Christ. So as we began the journey of, of uh, professional track and field, and again, running on the circuit, I would utilize Bible study, prayer meetings, um, mimic or mock church services mm -hmm. uh, for all of the professional athletes, no matter where the country they actually, you know, represented. But we always had opportunities to share our faith, share our experiences one with another. So I did that for about four or five years professionally. And then it was during that time that I sensed a deep call, a deep sense, like I said, to literally wherever I went, uh, you know, God allowed me to share again the gospel. And so I came back after one particular European tour and, and sat with my pastor and let him know that the burning desire that I felt was greater than, you know, being a disciple, greater than being just a regular church member. I just felt like God was calling me to ministry. So at that time, I went and moved from Champaign-Urbana to Houston, Texas, where I entered seminary school, Houston Graduate School of Theology, mm -hmm. and pursued my um, MDiv, Master of Divinity, mm -hmm. and the same time working um, at a church in uh, Houston um, with the youth and young adult ministry. So, so ministry was easy at the very beginning. It was, again, from athletics straight into seminary and then desiring, like I said, to, to do more. And so the expansion really came, I mean, after I was licensed and ordained, the expansion came when I realized that internally, that I knew that I was same there the loving internally. I knew that, you know, God had gifted me not just to run track and field, gifted me to preach the gospel, to teach the gospel, but also gave me um, a special populace, shall I say, mm -hmm. that, that, you know, those who are oppressed, those who are marginalized, um, those who, you know, do not have equal say. And so for me, it was more groundbreaking to start a church, Restoration Temple Ministries, um, that would support and provide a place, a safe place for same gender loving people, LGBTQ uh, persons of faith. I wanted them to be consistent with their ability to worship God freely, to come as they were, um, not to feel judged, judged or condemned, not to be, um, you know, beat over the head, so mm -hmm. to speak, with the Bible, not to be discriminated against um, just because of their sexual orientation and or gender identity. And so I was called at that particular time to have a church um, that, you know, the people that I represent will be able to come to, could develop, mature, matriculate, hone their gifts, develop their gifts, utilize their gifts. And then I became on the forefront of, of what I call social change. So, of course, you know, affirming ministries, I feel like God chose me to play an important role in fighting um, from a social justice perspective or activism perspective for mm -hmm the LGBTQ community fighting for equality, essentially, again, presenting a place, not just in ministry, but in the community where we can create moral um, change and social change and highlight, you know, uh, the, the political ideas that were important for us, that would motivate us to cause change. Because 
I just thought it was important for us to actually do that. So I pastored the church for 10 years, um, really nine years in total. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was elevated from pastor to apostle. And so just within the last two years, in fact, July 29th, 2018, I was affirmed as an apostle. And in the interim felt that God was calling me to expand my reach, expand my connectivity, expand my ability to once again, the gospel, but not within the four walls. So Mm -hmm. I successed and passed my church on to my then executive pastor, who is now the senior pastor, Rose Hardy. Um, We were in ministry together for over seven plus years. And when the Lord said it was her, it was time for me to give the baton to her while she passed the church and took it to the next level, the next dimension. Um, And so now I'm doing episodes work. In other words, I'm working within the kingdom. I'm a pastor of pastors. I'm leading pastors. I'm teaching pastors. I'm preparing pastors. Wow. I'm equipping pastors. I'm motivating pastors, you know, just giving them the framework of, of whatever God has called them to do foundationally in their particular ministry in their particular churches. And so I travel around the world from city to city, state to state, even countries um, to ignite and empower pastors and leaders. Um, so women can preach to birth while I was pastoring uh, Restoration Temple Ministries about five years ago now. I believe we're going into the sixth year. Um, and that was a platform that I felt was necessary because not in conjunction with my church or not in conjunction with itinerant ministry but it Mm -hmm. was a platform that was needed because as a female pastor as a female leader as a female activist I felt that there were not that there were none available but in terms of my exposure I didn't have very many female mentors as I progressed and developed and matured into my area of my calling so I wanted to give back Mm -hmm. so Women Can Preach too is a platform that provides an ecumenical safe place you know for women to find and develop their voices and, and to create create a safe space and a platform for their voices to be heard. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, uh, again, six years now, you know, we provide training, we provide um, seminars, workshops, um, things of that nature, leadership training. So it's phenomenal. And I'm just, I'm very excited about where God has me. Yeah, that's, you know, and that's amazing because you, I listened to what you were saying and, and I'm thinking about all the women that I've known in ministry um, especially when it came to being in the LGBTQ community, um, they were all white for the mm. most part. And so I, you know, just appreciate you and what you're doing by being mm. a woman of color because there aren't that many of us right. that are joining God and um, uniting who we are truly together right because we're always pulled apart so me growing up i in the lgbtq community and going to church you went to the regular secular baptist church where they're condemning Mm -hmm. my lifestyle Uh so when i did find that non-denominational church where i felt welcome and was welcomed the preacher the pastor the apostle was always white Mm. So I never had that connection. Mm-hmm. So then that led me to step away and find my own spiritual growth. So mm. um, 
hearing that, I'm like, wow, where were you when I... (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. You know, so um, I just, I'm, like I said, I'm empowered by reading and listening and, you know, watching what it is that you have built just from, you know, what I've seen online and what I was able to connect to. And I'm Mm. just like, wow. Like, again, if I had that 20 years ago, (laughs) you know, what kind of person would I be? So to, for the youth of today to have that, I'm hoping they're taking that opportunity to tap into that because that is so important, so vital to their growth and being who they truly are and connecting themselves with God and staying connected with God or whatever spiritual, whoever spiritual being that they find that connection with. Exactly. You know, I agree. And you're taking it around the world. Yes. Yes. I had the opportunity uh, to preach in South Africa last September, September, 2019. Um, And when I received that invitation, it was almost like deja vu because I had already, you know, 15 plus years ago, as I mentioned, called to compete ministries when I was competing in Europe and I had a a series in South Africa. And so I competed there for three and a half weeks. And South Africa was one of the biggest areas that we held a Bible study. And I can remember as clear as day that over 15 people, you know, accepted Jesus Christ. And so going back to South Africa, obviously from a different perspective now, it was almost like God was sending me back originally to where it actually first started. So it was very, very emotional, very sentimental. Um, and I just really appreciate the fact that I was able to now share the gospel um, on the platform for Women Can Preach to um, this past year. That's, oh man, that's amazing. I'm so jealous you went to Africa. I'm so trying to get there. And then they closed the world. I had the opportunity to speak in Thailand. I'm like, you closed the world now? Right, right, exactly. Oh, man. but it, it'll open up again soon. You'll have a chance. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm just, you know, waiting to just get out there and and do some. Uh, my my world is all healthcare. So, um, got it. Healthcare, healthcare equity, and um, making sure that we in the LGBTQ community have healthcare <laughs> equity. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's my my wheelhouse, but um. So creating the the Women Can Preach movement, where, I guess, your building blocks, you started with running and building it there. Where do you see it? Where do you want to take it moving forward? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a great, great question. Um, I can honestly say that God has superseded um, what I thought, you know, was well, not I'm going to say was or is the vision, um, because initially when, when the vision was inscripted or inscribed, shall I say, into my heart, um, God said that it was a covenant, um, interdenominational, multicultural branch of ministry um, established to provide a platform for women in ministry to effectively operate cultivate, nurture, strengthen their gifts. Um, And I knew it was significant and important because I wanted women at the same time that they had this platform to not compromise their integrity, 
their authenticity, their character, or their worth, you know, as women servants. And I say servants because it's not a ministry solely for preachers. And so my mandate still remains the same is to strengthen women in ministry, um, to provide spiritual edification and empowerment and resources. And so when I say where is it going or what can happen from here, Mm-hmm. The resources that I've been able to provide from an economic empowerment perspective, in other words, not just providing preaching and teaching, but providing platforms that integrate a variety of women from different denominations. I think the multicultural pre- piece is now expanding and is growing exponentially because the need is not just in the African-American community, but the need is in the Latino community. Mm-hmm. The need, you know, is in the, the Caucasian community, the Asian community. And so now we have a cluster of, of female, or shall I say clergy or women in ministry who are participating and who are partnering with us that I see the growth and the development of Women Can Preach to superseding my imagination. So, what I would like to see happen is I want to provide not really, I don't want to call it an institution, but um, alternative um, seminary experience. In other words, uh, knowing these days what women in ministry have to contend with, in other words, many of us are, are wives, many mm-hmm. of us are, are moms, mm-hmm. some work, some don't work. And so a lot of women cannot afford that secondary education that mm-hmm. is is paramount or important, you know, for their callings. And so I just wanted to have a Bible Institute um, that would be free of charge, that would afford each woman who desires and aspires to receive that, that seminary degree, but perhaps they will be able to get so certificates, there will be certificate programs, you know, certificate mm-hmm. degrees and things of that nature. So I see it expanding virtually. And I say that because the pandemic has given a new profound, <laughs> right. you know, scope of outreach in terms of virtually who we, who you can connect to. I'm not, we're no longer limited to the four walls of what we're accustomed to. Mm-hmm. I'm not no longer limited to an email distribution list. You know, I'm right. <laughs> the expansion now means that on a, on a, any given Wednesday or any given Sunday or any day of the week that I do a special project for me can preach to, we have over 1K or 2K viewers from all around the world. So I think that the reach of having this institute, for me initially, I thought it would be locally, I thought it would be, you know, within a four wall mm-hmm. parameter, but now it's going to be an online opportunity, you know, where women from across the world and across continents um, could actually integrate with one another, share ideas and things of that nature and grow and, and receive that those degrees at the same time. So awesome. Now in that, do you plan on having some sort of like mentoring program along with it? Yes. That that is the next phase. Um that's the next phase. Mm-hmm. I'm actually doing some um entrepreneurial mentorship. Um I have a ton of spiritual mentors now, but entrepreneurially, um, I'm, I'm gleaning from a woman named Angela Richardson. She's amazing. And so it, it's her mentorship program is really giving me 
uh, that desire to branch out now on what I know that God has called me to provide a mentorship program for Women Can Preach To. So I've already, um, based upon the women who are partnered with Women Can Preach To, I've already assigned pastors and clergymen, um, you know, across the nation uh, with some younger female uh, in, in ministry or clergy or preachers and so it's almost like it's already being done you know but it's not really in the scope or the framework um, of organizational structure so to speak so I definitely see it happening within the next year or two yes wow yeah so you're just expanding you're doing these amazing things (laughs) oh my goodness I'm trying to keep up and I'm like oh my gosh she's doing that and she's doing that whoa Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Um, So there's nothing but greatness going forward. And wow, what a blessing. I'm so blessed to meet you. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm I'm honored. Thank you for the opportunity to share on your podcast. I mean, I think it's even great for me. You know, I I think it's another uh, scenario where I think God showed that the pandemic, you know, is not going to restrict us from what we have been comfortable in or even the demographic or the populace or the surrounding area that, you know, we've operated in. Just meeting you, you know, is a step outside of, you know, the cultural norm in terms of, you know, organized organized religion, so to speak. And so this is my very first podcast outside of, you know, what I call church and or (laughs) ministry. And so I think it's great, you know, to integrate and to get some different ideas. So thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. So we had such a great conversation with Apostle Yvonne Harrison that um, I didn't want our conversation to end. But this is going to be a two-part episode. This is part one. With that, I want everyone who is listening to just listen and see what resonates with them on this journey that uh, Apostle Yvonne has taken us on and where does religion and your life and your authentic self are the two meeting very well are they clashing Um, to think about those things and how um, spirituality is incorporated into your day-to-day authenticity and how does it show outwardly to others so with that i'm going to leave us with that note and i hope you come back to hear part two because we had more conversation i want to thank apostle yvonne again for coming on and if you have not already please uh email me and let me know your feedback on the show my email is dc at thesoulfuleclectic.com you can reach me on my Facebook page Soulful Eclectic with DC and I'm also on Instagram thesoulfuleclectic.com oh excuse me not the dot com but thesoulfuleclectic and also you know um, you can just reach me on my email DC uh, excuse me thesoulfuleclectic.com so definitely definitely like subscribe Uh, rate the show uh, and you know I appreciate anyone and everyone who is honest and forthcoming with their feedback so God bless take care namaste